Hey, hey, hey. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of Stub Me Down. My name is JW. I am here with my best friend, Skinny. Skinny, say hello to the people. Everybody, what's up? So uh, this is episode two of Stub Me Down. We managed to struggle our way through episode one. Uh, We even managed to figure out how to edit, put some music in, and dropped it. And who knows, maybe you skipped episode one, and I wouldn't blame you if you did. Uh, Hopefully episode two will be better. We've got no place to go but up. We are here. uh, The last show, the first episode, Skinny Stub Me Down. We took a look at a great show from the Halloween run in 2016. We took a look at 10-30-2016 in Las Vegas, Nevada at the MGM Garden Arena. And uh, Skinny Stubbed Me Down. We had a great conversation about that show. Today, I get the opportunity to stub Skinny Down. We're going to take a look at a show that I have selected, and we will get into some of the details there. This one's a real treat. I'm sure everybody will have a good time checking it out. Before we get into the show and some of that, I do want to just uh, address a quick point that uh, my wife mentioned to me as she was reviewing our work on episode one. Oh, shit. (laughs) She said that there might be some people out there, and there's a lot of different types of people out there, and a lot of them are very cool, but that some people might be upset or take umbrage at the fact that we do this thing called stubbing people down. The seats down front can be crowded. We all know they pack us in there. And uh, if I bring down four or five of my goofy friends and somebody else brings down three or four of their friends, there's not going to be a whole lot of room for for the people that paid good money, rightfully so, for their seats. So I do want to get out front of any potential controversy that might arise out of this. To say that in the stub down process, I see you laughing over there, Christian, to talk about the stub down process. I will say this. First of all, if somebody is going to be brought down to an area, a row, or or more likely well, I guess it's more likely the uh, a row in a, a pavilion because floor seats are a little bit tougher to to get on. You got to have bracelets and all that stuff. Generally, it's one person, maybe two. Christian's fiance is uh, a petite woman, so she doesn't take up a lot of space. The stub down is generally never for an entire show or. Geez, even really for a full set, it might be a couple of songs. It might be the second half of the first set. It might be, hey, I came out to the lawn. We hung out for a couple of minutes and I said, hey, you want to come and check out the beginning of the second set? So I do want to just put that out there. Uh, We are not stubbing down all of our family, but we do occasionally bring a friend or two down to catch a little bit of the show from a little bit of a better vantage point. I apologize if that offends you. With that, I'm sure that Skinny's got a thought or two on this. I will let him share his own thoughts. I would never speak for anybody but my own self and, of course, my wife who put this whole thing out there. In your head. I'll just say it's just a moniker, people. Like, it's happened. You know, it's really not the best uh, when it occurs, but 
you're going to have to deal with it at some point. We just dealt with it at the garden this past year. You have to kind of be uh, the bouncer type security guard. I'm lucky because I'm tall. Glad I'm not short, but my wife is. <laughs> you know, she's she's not very tall. So when somebody gets in front of her, it's a mess. So if you have somebody down, somebody down, like uh, that's good. But somebody else might not like it. You know, let's move on from it. It's just the name of the show, people. Just the name of the show. <laughs> <laughs> right, and it's a little bit of a play on words since the whole thing is about the actual ticket stub guiding the conversation about that conversation. After we reviewed our work from episode one, and and for for those of you that might not have picked up on it in episode one, um, Skinny and I are both in the education business. One of the things that we have learned over years and years of not only being educators, but taking education classes is that it's important to be reflective practitioners. So <laughs> you like that? That's a double word score. Any, any teachers out there, I hope you got a good laugh out of that. But anyway, in all seriousness, to take a look back at our work, see what worked, what didn't. Much like Kramer and Newman, when they were running the Merv Griffin show, they had to shut down and retool. We also are revamping a little bit, not redesigning the show, but uh, trying to put a little bit more cohesiveness into what we're talking about. Maybe figuring out what show we're going to talk about a little bit before we decide to record. Uh, we talked about a show from 2016. Doesn't seem like that long ago, but how many shows have you seen since 2016? Uh, I've seen a lot. I'll tell you this. I forget a lot of shit that happens for various reasons. So hopefully you guys, you got to listen to things raw and then eventually they get better. That's our hope. You know, just take a listen. Don't don't judge too hard. I mean, we're terrible judges. <laughs> terrible. As I mentioned, we we decided to be a little bit more forward thinking and and uh, have a little bit more depth of thought to what we're doing while we're recording. To that end, we decided to select a show ahead of time instead of having the surprise. It's going to be whatever show we've pulled out of a stack of four hundred ticket stubs. This way we can have the opportunity, we can maybe give that show a listen, check out some of the parts of it, get it at least fresh in our heads. Hopefully that'll lead to a little bit more uh, introspective conversation about the show. Great idea. So with that, we will go ahead. Let's get into today's episode. Skinny, you got anything to uh, add before we jump into episode two of Stub Me Down? No, I think you're super eloquent. I'm I'm not feeling that eloquence from myself, so I'm ready to go. Why don't you tell everybody the uh, show that you pulled? This is how it's going to work. Uh, Josh is going to tell me the show that he's stubbing me down, and then I am going to go over the first set list and then the second part of the set list, so first set, second set. <laughs> is that how they do it? I'll talk about the first set, the second set. I'm the guy getting stubbed down. The interesting part about this show is that I did not attend. So I was a little bit surprised that Josh would basically shut me out of the venue. Actually, sorry I missed this one. It's gonna be great. Josh, you wanna tell him what the uh, show is? Yeah, Skinny, you ready to be stubbed down? I am. All right, so the stub that I pulled for episode two Great show. 
Fish, the second of a two-night run at the Man Music Center in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. This was the August 12th, 2015 show. It was a Wednesday night, so they did a Tuesday-Wednesday run there. This show had everything that I like about Fish, and it even had something that I don't like about Fish, but that I was okay with because of the rest of the show. I'll give a little bit of context. Do you want me to give context on on this show or, or are those your questions? Why don't I shut up and I'll let you go? Yeah. Thanks for ruining my line of questioning. But, you know, like I said, we're new at this. <laughs> I, my first question was, who did you go with and what was the scene like outside the venue in hot August in Philadelphia? Which a lot of people, by the way, say Philadelphia. I love Philly. I'm a Baltimore boy. I know you're from Jersey, so in case the listeners don't know that. But uh, I, I love Philly. Philly is very close to Baltimore, obviously. And there's a lot about Philly that's the same. It's just a bigger city. So tell me, you know, what was the scene? Who'd you go with? And uh, what were you doing that day prior to the show? I also like Philly. We've seen a lot of great concerts in Philly over the years. I've seen Fish at ton in Philly, between Philly, Camden. We were up at this show. I was with my wife. This was 2015. So we were not married yet. We were up there with my wife, our friend J.O., who we spoke about earlier on in episode one. We were with our friends, Billy, his brother-in-law, Greg. There's a great story about after the show when Greg earned the nickname Pummel Horse. We can, we can remind me, we'll talk about that on the, on the wrap up. I do want to hear that. What we were doing in Philly prior, recovering from the night before, we did go to both nights. We did go to the Tuesday night show. The Tuesday night had been rainy to start. It broke, the weather broke and was fine come showtime. So we, we recovered. We got some food. Philly's a great town to get a bite to eat in. And we headed up to the lot. We're, 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 doing our best to get out to the lot as soon as we can get get over there, make sure that we can get a good spot, meet up with some friends. We did meet up with some of my internet friends that also see shows. And so that was fun as well. It was a beautiful day, as I do recall. And I do have some great pictures of my wife and I standing on the hill with Philly in the background. Uh, nice. Internet friends, nerd. I'm glad you got some good pictures of you and your lovely wife. That's awesome. I want to talk about this first set real quick. Can I run this down for you? Just a little bit of context about that summer 2015. Trey had done fairly well at the beginning over the 4th of July weekend out in Chicago. They had played a couple shows in San Francisco before then. So the band was on fire during this run. We ended up seeing, I ended up seeing eight shows on the summer tour. Every damn one of them was really very good. This one was probably my first or maybe tied for first favorite out of the standalones because Magna Ball was also that and, and I count festival shows is a little bit different conversation for another day. Go ahead and, and let's take a look at that first set. ACDC bag, free, Yamar, sample in a jar, cities, stash, birds of a feather, the line, it's ice, and character zero. I really liked a lot of this first set and it was definitely some crowd pleasing stuff. And this is where we could probably folks have some conjecture. What was your favorite song out of that set? That's a good question because this first set was 
was pretty dope. Starting off an ACDC bag, it was a standard delivery, not very long. Anytime the show starts, that's going to get the whole place ready and raring to go. The free was really nice. Trey was doing some crazy stuff at the end of the Yamar. My favorite, I think, two components of this set, if I had to pick, were the cities and... It's ice, and it's ice was it, you know didn't clock in at a, you know any great length, but man, it was fun. It was powerful, and same with the cities. And one of the things that I noticed during this 2015 summer tour, there wasn't a whole lot of dicking around when they left the formal part of the song after they finished the lyrics. They were jumping right into the motherfucking jam. There was no you know slow build. Or let's take five minutes, you know, after the first four minutes of the song and figure out what we were going to do. It was straight, jump straight into the jam. Um, And those are two great examples there. It's Ice is always really fun. And and so is Cities. But when when they get that funky groove going on those two, man, that is just going to make my night. I mean, are you going to answer the question? I did. It just gave two answers. Okay, well, which one? If you had to pick one, that's all you can live with. You pick that one and you have to leave. Baby's crying, whatever. All right, all right, all right. I'll say I'll say the cities. <laughs> so you're strictly about time. I knew you were going to say that. I am not one that equates time with quality. If they can pack in a sick jam in six minutes, I'm all for it. But I would like that six-minute jam to be 20 minutes. That said, I will settle on the cities because I love the cities' groove, especially when they really start to feel themselves. Okay, good, because I felt like after listening to that today, that was one where you could tell right out of the box that Trey wanted to get that groove started. Uh, There was some reverb that he was using like right away. He was basically pushing the rest of the band along to make sure that they followed that. Uh, Reminded me of like 2000 with the loops. Definitely got them right behind that. So I'm glad we can agree on that, even though I felt like I was pushing you towards that end. The Cities was a deep and spacier jam than It's Ice. So when you can kind of get a little bit more lost into it, you get lost in the city. We've done that before. I think that that that'll give Cities the edge here. I do think that it's interesting. Let's see. Stash, Birds of a Feather, Character Zero were parts of episode one of Stub Me Down, Vegas 10-30-16 show. They played those three songs there. That's my fish nerdery for uh, this particular set. What kind of beer did you get when they started playing the first notes of Character Zero? That's not a question. That's not a question. I'm just going <laughs> around. Is that... <laughs> So it, are we good on first set? Because the first set's strong. I really liked it. I listened to it today. The Yamar was really weird. Go back and listen to that. There's something off on that one. It's not me. Skip through the line, listen to the It's Eyes, and, and skip through this character zero. But Some people might like character zero. I don't ever want to poo-poo other people's... You like what you like. I don't like that song. When those first... I'm already gone. It's not that bad. They just play it a lot. Are you good with the first set? It was, it's a great, this is, as I also said in episode one of Stub Me Down, I'm a big re-listenability guy. And there's some shows that are good, but you're not necessarily gonna throw them on. This is one I am not hesitating to put on if I want to get a, get a nice groove going. 
And that actually really will ring especially true once we get to uh, set two here. All right, man. Cool. To the second set. You got a gin, a no man's, twists, sense and subtle sounds, hood, wrapping it up with an encore, the loving cup. So a five song second set, which we all know is like this holy grail of sets. And if there's some other jam or whatever in there, it's six songs. So then it's not a five song. Whatever, debate it all the time. It's not, that's a conversation that obviously for another day, which we always say. This is probably gonna be harder because it's the same question. I know this sounds like these aren't great questions. Those are only my first two. I really enjoyed all of the songs in this set. And let me explain why, and then I will give a, I will give a which one I, I liked the best. The Beth of Gin, No Man's Land was 25 minutes of just groove. I mean, that bathtub gin was groovy. Everybody was dancing. My only complaint about bathtub gin, easy for me to say, is that they cut it a little bit short. I thought they kind of bailed a little bit towards the end. They brought it to to an end, but it, it was quick and powerful. They jumped right into the gym. Same with the no men's, although they did bring the lyrics back right about mid-song before they went back into the jam. The twist was like type two right away. And I'm sure somebody is gonna be like, no, it wasn't. But about the four minute mark, twist, you could have turned on that twist at the four minute mark and thought you were 15 minutes into a jam. And it lasted for 15 or 16 minutes. They That twist is a great one. And again, we've seen some great twists and they've played some great twists in philly remember when, when we were at camden uh show in july 4th 2000 and they had that twist slave five song second set we've seen a couple of those in the in the philly area five song second set. the sense and subtle sounds i really like the lyrics to that song so that's always a good one and that, i mean come on they're finishing up with a hood i would say the twist is probably my favorite of this set because it was the longest but the bathtub gin is one a and then i would probably say the sense and subtle sounds would be one b <laughs> Honestly, if you want to sit down and listen to, uh, I think, a quintessential set of Fish 3.0, this is one that is going to be at the top of your list. It's in the middle of that 2015 summer where almost every show was pretty great. Got a couple of old standards bookending the set. You've got No Men's, which they had really just started working out. And then, you know, a middle section of Twist and, and Sense is, this is a dream set, I think, for a lot of Fish fans. I know my favorite show was the one that I'm at, but on, again, the re-listenability, this set is, it's right up there with one of my favorites of, of the era. So you can't choose. I'll just tell you what my favorite song is. <laughs> and I know it sounds terrible, but that No Man's, I thought, in the second set, was uh, super good. Now, I know they started that tour in Oregon, the Bend Arena, and they first played No Man's. And to me, my theory is because of Fare Thee Well and all the practice that Trey had been doing, he sounded a lot like Jerry's tone. I think we had talked about this before with the Stone Theater, you know, that Eleanor Rigby jam after After Midnight. I, something about that, I would love to ask him if he picked up on that and kind of developed a tone towards that and then wrote No Man's. I have no idea. I'm just theorizing. That was a really, really, really good version. They peaked like three or four times during that jam. And uh, 
So I'm not I'm surprised that you chose your 1A, 1B. I was just going to say, I was surprised you didn't even think about that song because that was like their bust out kind of new song. I, I did think about it and it's a great version. Bathtub Gin, I'm glad that you mentioned that Jerry Garcia tone piece because during the Bathtub Gin, just after the 10 minute mark, Trey does that it's hard to describe, but kind of like a hollow guitar sound. I don't know if that's correct, but it, it's a sound that if Jerry was playing it, it's unmistakable that it's Jerry. And he, he played that for a little bit in the bathtub gin, the last couple of minutes there. And then he did revisit that in the no men's jam. So there definitely was that feeling. And I feel like Trey was energized as hell after playing fare thee well. And I do feel like he he brought some of that experience and infused some of that with Fish that summer. I mean, I'm really glad he did it. It was it made for very very cool shows, but I think that that's a that's a really good point to mention because there's obviously always a lot of talk about Jerry and Trey and I think the fact that Trey could add that tone into their music the way he did. I think it's really cool. There's very little fish Grateful Dead crossover. And so when those types of things happen, you know, they are cool and they're cool to be a part of and gives 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 shows like this that re-listenability that, that I personally look for. I, I think it's goofy to not think that he was, you know, uninspired by what he was doing prior that entire year. So yeah, thanks. I, I you know, I just think about that all the time, especially that that summer. As a matter of fact, just for shits and giggles, if you want to go on and listen to that Bend Organ one, it's a little bit more stripped down. Sounds actually quite familiar to that stone recording, I think, from 1980. To me, it was like an obvious, he's been practicing, practicing a certain way just to capture that sound, which Deadheads, I'm sure, all over the world definitely appreciated that that summer. For sure. I wasn't there either. <laughs> I'm going to ask this one question here. What is the problem with character zero. I really need the details and I just want to hear it out of the, the horse's mouth. Well, and it's not like a bunch of people have not said this. You're not the only one that doesn't like it. People say it's getting zeroed. <laughs> I've been zeroed plenty. I just want to hear from you. What is it about that song that you don't like? I Because I think this will give everybody a lot of perspective on who you are as a fan and whatever. I, I just think it's funny to me, but I want to hear it. I do not like the first few notes of the song. I don't like the lyrics. Who is Mulcahy? I know there's a story behind the man Mulcahy. Who fucking cares? I was taught a month ago to take my time. I know all the words. And then I learned just yesterday to rush and never waste it. Like, make up your fucking mind. Am I old and slow? Or is this like the dichotomy of a person? I don't know if I should, you know, take my time or should I rush through things? And then the other thing that I also really dislike and I pointed this out to I think my wife Megan at one of the last shows we were at and they played character zero I think it was when we were in at MSG this this past New Year's we're standing there we're on the back of the floor and they start playing character zero and everybody or it just felt very forced it was you know let's let's have an anthem rocker you know, everybody, some people are kind of into it and everybody like 
everybody just thinks they're supposed to jump up and down and uh, 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 I just there's not a version I've heard that I thought was really good I'm sure that there's a couple of jammed out versions over their history I don't care they could take it for a 45 minute ride and I would probably still hate it because there's just something about <laughs> the way that the audience reacts when they play that song that I just fucking hate. It would be a strong word, but I, you know, I really, I don't, everybody takes a picture of me during character zero, standing there with my arms crossed or looking down, and that's even if they can see me on the floor or in the seats when they start playing it, and I haven't already started the car, and I'm waiting for everybody to get outside. Wow. It seems forced, it seems... And, and my wife actually looked at me as I was saying, look around, look at everybody. And she was like, I see exactly what you mean. And so maybe it's just a thing where you have to kind of see it and see how people are reacting to it. But, you know, it's a, it's a filler song to me. It's like a, a song that they play, they drop in, you know, here or there to get everybody excited, whether it's at the end of a set or I think sometimes Trey just plays it because he's like, we have to play one more at least. We've got like 20 minutes left before curfew and we got to play an encore. Let's throw in a, you know, six or a seven minute character zero and let everybody jump up and down for a minute. I don't know. I, you know, if I ever talk to Trey, I'll be like, can you explain that song to me? Because I really don't like it. So you're saying you don't like the part where they go, huh, huh. <laughs> you don't like that crowd participation? Well, I mean, I, I certainly don't want to offend the guy, but like, there's people, like, I like joy. I like bouncing around the room. I like the song Round Room that they've played in concert like twice. I dislike two, and only two fish songs. Now, there's songs I could take or leave, but there are only two songs that make me physically want to leave a show when they are playing. We won't talk about the second one. Uh, yeah, we're not talking about the second one. We that don't come up on sure. And that'll be my question. Why do you hate this song so much? Oh my god, the circle of life on why you shouldn't play character zero will definitely go on and on if you talk to Trey. That's that's ridiculous. Well, maybe that could be the name of this episode. What's wrong with character zero? What's wrong with character zero is a good name. I'm all out of questions. Let me just run it down. Josh stuffed me down. I'm going to tell you what I think about this show personally. I'm really sad I wasn't at the show. I really liked first set. I would have had a good time with a lot of those songs, especially the cities. So just to kind of answer the questions that I asked Josh, the cities was definitely my favorite there. Kind of stuck in the middle too of just a sample that you hear all the time, but they banged it out. Then a nice cities, then a stash after that. I just thought the cities was the highlight there. And then I know a lot of people say that it's ice is good too. And then in the second set, I really liked uh, the no man's and, and the hood, obviously. So I'm a little bit different because people would be like, no man's. <laughs> but that was the year that they had busted that out and they were really doing a good job with it. So to top it all off, we asked Josh about character zero. I don't think there's anything else to be said. <laughs> I'm sure we'll come back around on character zero and i mean it it shows up pretty frequently uh why don't you just quickly review the second set yeah so uh bathtub no man's twist sense and subtle sounds hood and then the encore was loving cup 
Yeah, th- this show, as I said, re-listenability is definitely up there with some of the best from 3.0. Definitely one of the better shows of the summer 2015 tour. And really that, that idea of them jumping in and out of jams without meandering really is something that featured prominently in these shows, definitely in this show, definitely in the cities, definitely in the uh, Bathtub Gin. The twist, while it wasn't a super high-speed energetic, it was a little bit more on the deeper space. They still, you know, after about four minutes, they were deep in it. So really a, a, a fun show, great show. Obviously, we missed you. I will tell one quick story about the end of the show. Oh, yeah. So for those of you that have been to the man a very cool venue it's small but it's kind of big on the outside and so i don't remember specifically why it happened but for some reason we came out on a different side of the venue than where we had come in so we started walking the wrong way kind of through the woods and then figured out we were going the wrong direction and we had to loop all the way around the outside of the venue to get back there so it took us like 35 minutes to get back to the car after the show Sounds familiar. Yeah. And so we were actually giving Billy and, and Greg, who I mentioned a little bit earlier in the episode, a ride back to their hotel. And they had kind of taken a meandering path through the woods as well. Greg's shoes, when we went to pick them up, when they finally met up with us, he had like walked through six inches of mud. And his shoes were just coated in like wet, dripping mud and so billy gets in the car and greg is getting ready to get in the car and i i had a new car it was only a couple of months old at that point and my wife is saying don't you get in here with those dirty shoes <laughs> like where he was he was kind of like standing in a puddle so he, he couldn't like take them off so he somehow put his hands like up on the back of the seat while his feet were still like extended on the other side of the mud, even though they were already dirty. And he pushed himself up and swiveled in one motion and got himself into the car without putting his feet down, took a plastic bag and put his shoes in the plastic bag, each shoe in a plastic bag. And he earned the nickname Pummel Horse because of this extraordinary move of putting his hands behind his back, leaning himself in, pivoting, swirling into the car, and getting the plastic bags over his shoes. It seemed much more complicated than it needed to be, but it was, we were all just hysterically dying. Ever since then, Greg is affectionately known as Pummel Horse, or just Pummel for short. I remember back in the day, Bart Connor, I think his name was, was pretty good at the pommel horse and the rings and all that. So it sounds like he sounds like he was a fish gold medalist. The things people do to get home to their hotel room. <laughs> yes, and I and I will say that that no no trip to Philly is complete without obviously getting cheesesteak or a sandwich of some description and a soft pretzel. We know we'll, we'll talk about soft pretzels at some point if we ever pull that 22503 show. But if you are not from the Philadelphia area, and I'm sure Philly people will, maybe some will agree and some won't, but John's Roast Pork in South Philly on uh, just off of 95 on your way south before you get to the stadiums, John's Roast Pork is where you want to get your sandwiches down there. 
think I had one of those. You know what the funny thing is? I thought you were going to tell everybody that it always rains like a shit ton during fish tour up in Philly. Because <laughs> it always, always rains in, during the summer shows. I always say that about traffic, but <clears throat> it always rains. We've had, remember, 7-3-2000 in Camden and that rainstorm during the bathtub gin. I mean, we've definitely been soaked in the... Uh, times we've gone up to Philly, whether it was for fish or filling friends. I think it rained a couple of times when we were up there for them. So maybe it's just something about the city of Philly and being on the river in the summer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Looks like we're about ready to wrap it up. Any final thoughts? Yeah. Uh, I would say final thoughts, 8-12-2015, second night of the two-night Man Music Center run in Philly. Check it out if you haven't. Um, check out the first night, too. The first night was pretty fun as well. Definitely some good music, good mix of tunes, and some good jamming as well. On behalf of Skinny and myself, I do want to say thank you for listening. Maybe you guys listened to episode one and thought, I got to see where this train wreck is going. Maybe you just skipped over episode one and decided to uh, start with episode two. Either way, we're grateful for you. Thank you for participating with us. If you want to keep track of us on the socials, you can follow us on Twitter at stub underscore me underscore down. And we also have an IG account with the same handle, stub underscore me underscore down. I'm trying to populate that with some photos from some of the shows we're talking about. Uh, you know, we'll let you know when new episodes drop so you can stay in the loop and uh, tell your friends. And if you've been to any of these shows and want to comment on your experiences, share a story with us, uh, please do so. We, we, we're trying to start some conversations and, and enjoy some memories. And I know that people out there also have memories, some good stories that we want to know about because that's what we're all about. So thanks again for listening. And we will see you the next time you need to get out of your shitty seats and down to the path. Later. Later.